Welcome to the RevCast, a weekly podcast where we discuss real-life issues and how to make sense of the chaotic crazy. I'm your host, Reverend Daniel Rogers, a.k.a. The Rev, and I've brought friends with us today, and as always, the most lovely, most gifted, and most talented, Miss Amanda Albright. Hello, good morning, Miss Amanda. It's great to be with you today. How are things in your world Thanks, Rev. It's good to be with you, too. Um, things are looking up over here. I really enjoyed the sunshine this weekend, and I got to talk to both of my grandmothers on the phone yesterday, and my roommate came home from a visit to her parents' house with, like, five new puzzles. So, things are looking good. We have our activity for the week planned. How are you, Rev? I'm doing great. I'm enjoying this warm weather, you know, the southern blood in me. I need the heat, man. And so I've really enjoyed this weekend. And my son actually graduated from Wheaton College this weekend right. virtually. And that was huge. And so we had a big time on Saturday celebrating that. But it's great to be together. And I'm really excited about our episode today. And let's dive in. Can you introduce our first guest for us? Uh, Rev, today we have with us Mr. Josiah Keene. Josiah is our history department chair head, and he also teaches history at the junior high and um, high school campus. Josiah was born and raised in western Michigan, and he graduated from Calvin College. He taught for eight years in Gallup, New Mexico, near the Navajo Nation, and now has served at BCS since 2014. Josiah is married to Hannah, who also used to work at BCS, and is the father to a delightful two-year-old named Marika Rose. Welcome, Josiah. We're glad to have you with us. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Josiah, it is great to be with you. You know, one thing I've heard about your class and that you talk a lot about is sojourning with God's people, and that kind of ties into the storyline that you use as kind of a theme to guide your classes. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What does that mean, sojourning with God's people? Well, it really begins with understanding life as a, a journey, a personal journey, but also a, a journey that you're on with other people. And mm -hmm. in our case, the other people are, it's our family, but it's also the broader Christian community that we find ourselves in. And that term sojourning is actually straight out of the Bible. It's from I'm using 1 Peter 2.11, where Peter uses this term to help the early church understand who they are in the mm -hmm. world and to understand what it means to find their identity in Christ. So thank you, Josiah. We're living through this strange episode in world history when we think about God's people sojourning for a long time, right? We've been sojourning for a long time, but we're living through a particularly strange time. Um, so thinking about that, thinking about being God's sojourning people, what can we learn from how God's people have lived through other pandemics and crises in the past? What can we learn about our present context through looking at those who've gone before us? Well, I think it's important to begin by just understanding that as crazy as this COVID epidemic seems to us, it, it really is a story that we've seen throughout the last 2,000 years. Uh, the ancient Roman Christians, they dealt with pandemics. We know that 100 years ago, there was this terrible pandemic. And while there hasn't been a terrible pandemic really within our own lifetimes that we've been aware of, really what we're experiencing now is just is pretty common to the last 2,000 years, to the whole story of the Christian church. And what we're encountering now as God's people is something that God's people have encountered going back to the early Roman times. 
historians have studied early Christian history, and they actually point to the story of how Christians dealt with early pandemics and plagues as one of the reasons why Christianity really took off in the Roman world. Because early in, in Christian history, when a pandemic would hit or a plague would hit, the reaction of people in that culture and society was to basically abandon sick people and if you could afford to run away from all of the urban centers. And what the early Christians did was they took care of the people who had been abandoned and many times that meant that they themselves got sick, but they didn't abandon each other and they didn't abandon the sick and they nursed people. And even secular historians will point to how simple nursing, caring for sick people at that time led to favorable survival rates. I think something like you had like two-thirds a chance of surviving some of these early deadly plagues simply if people were taking care of you, feeding you, bathing you, uh, and making sure that you weren't abandoned. And that was key to the witness and testimony of that early church. And I think it really does express this theme of sojourning. Those early Christians, they took care of these people because they understood that their ultimate allegiance was to Christ and their ultimate home was with Christ and that they were willing to take on the danger of confronting disease and plague because they were motivated and they had this identity that was anchored in something kind of more than merely surviving the plague. From the early stories in Christian history where Christians were taking care of the sick, this is something that's going to mark Christian institutions later on. As soon as Christianity became legal in the Roman Empire, as soon as churches could be visibly established, you also had Christian communities establishing hospitals by the 4th century, and that tradition continues to the present day. If you just look around the American healthcare system, you still see a lot of Christian institutions, and not only in the names, but still in how you have hospitals functioning as Christian institutions. And I think that really speaks to this sojourning identity that Christians have always had, where they've been anchored in eternal life, and they've been willing to make it a priority to serve and care for those who are sick. Josiah, that's that's so great, man. The, the lessons that we learn by looking back is really amazing. One of the things I'm doing on Sunday mornings is I'm leading a group of probably about 10 of us from my church going through liturgy before our pastor preaches on Facebook Live and we gather in together. And man, that has been one of the highlights of my week. It's just been a sweet time connecting with these brothers and sisters, many of whom live by themselves in their apartments. And it's like our one time that we... that we get together as a body of Christ. And and it's made me think about walking through the season. It's made me wonder, man, what's the future of the church, you know? And are there any lessons that you could take for, as you look back at the history of God's people walking through times like this, is there any way of looking forward and saying, you know, I wonder if history will repeat itself in terms of the the Christian church. Well, I think you're onto something there, Rev, because throughout Christian history, Christians really have been that witness and testimony to God's love when they've been willing to, to struggle and suffer through the present age, through their willingness to encounter disease and plague, or through their willingness to encounter those in power who might be corrupted by evil, when they're willing to stand for the truth. And standing for the truth sometimes means, you know, giving a testimony of your faith in terms of words, but, you know, equally as important 
important is the willingness to be a testimony and witness in terms of your deeds. And at this time, I think deeds of love and charity towards those who are suffering illness or those who are suffering in the economy. Um, we do these things not as a strategy or a tactic to convert someone. We do these things because this is who we are as people in Christ. Yeah. And this is what Christ, this is how Christ becomes known in the world. And this gives people a chance to, to encounter Christ and to respond to Christ. And this is happening all throughout the country right now, all throughout the world. And when Christians embark on these kinds of expressions of God's love, they don't hire a PR campaign at the same time to make sure that it gets on CNN or yeah. they don't have they don't have a full-time person tweeting about it. And so a lot of times this escapes the attention of the world um, in part because there's an aspect of the world that doesn't want to give credit to Christ and doesn't want to acknowledge suffering and sacrifice when it's happening as expression of Christ's love. And, you know, that shouldn't bother us. We should just kind of take that in stride. Um, and I think Christian communities are giving right now in all kinds of ways. Uh, I know for a fact that on the east side right now, um, Jubilee Reach is partnering with 20-some churches and is feeding hundreds of families that otherwise might not be getting services through the government for all kinds of reasons. Um, I know that in, in Gallup, New Mexico right now, which has been really severely hit by COVID, um, the Navajo people are suffering really an extraordinary burden right now when it comes to uh, sickness and death as a result of COVID. The local hospital in Gallup was, is Gallup McKinley Christian Hospital. And at that hospital, as part of its story, is that it was established by uh, the Christian Reformed Church as a as a mission to that region. And to this day, if you go to the people working in that, in that hospital, many of them are from uh, the local churches, and many of them are there as an expression of their willingness to serve God as as a servant, as a servant, as a healthcare worker at this time. And I think it just really speaks to how Christians are responding to the present pandemic to the in ways where they're willing to serve and they're willing to struggle and suffer, all for the sake of Christ, all for the all as a way to express God's love uh, at this time. One of the things that I've struggled about a struggled through since the beginning of this is the way that we're kind of I feel like the church is also called to humility right now where in the past the call was maybe a courage to go into the thick of it I feel like what I've been asked to do is stay home right and that feels very just humbling and frustrating right like I think um, a lot of times in life I would rather like get into the thick of it and like get up to my elbows in the mess rather than <laughs> staying open staying away so I was wondering if you could speak to that a little bit yeah, I hear you. It's been really difficult over the last couple months being at home, not worshiping uh, in the presence of my brothers and sisters and not seeing family. And in a sense, it does seem like we are being cut off from other people and we're unable to, to serve them. What we need to remember, though, is that there are a lot of people who are directly engaged, both Christian and not. You know, we have our our first responders, we ha have our healthcare workers, we have all of the essential workers in in different industries, and many of them um, are are struggling right now. And we need to be aware of not only the importance of our own safe withdrawal as much as possible. We need to also be aware of how we can um, serve others and be a witness and testimony by not putting our own desires first. That's one of the aspects of sojourning is if you go to the passage in First Peter, Peter is really warning 
the early Christians about being too distracted and enticed away by the world and by all of the desires of the world. And I think right now we need to be aware of that. We're going to encounter temptation. Maybe one of those temptations is going to be to kind of adopt a, a certain kind of contrariness to some of the reigning opinion around the lockdown. And maybe we might be tempted in a way to be rebellious in a certain way or, or seek some other kind of seek some other kind of wisdom and and it, it's it's difficult to know at times but i think we are encouraged to find peace and rest while supporting as much as possible those who who are on the front lines day to day and who who don't have in a sense the luxury of staying home like we do well this is so good friends josiah thank you so much for being with us today some great stuff to think about and great lessons for us to learn as we look back at our brothers and sisters who have come before us and walked through similar times as we're walking through today hey friends this is hard work here so we're gonna take us a short break and when we come back we'll be joined by our bcs head of schools kevin dunning to talk about his experience at bcs and moving forward we'll be right back What's up, guys? Jacob Robley here, along with my friend Reese Foley, and we want to encourage you to check out the Spiritual Life resource page on the BCS website at bellevuechristian.org slash spiritual life. Reese, have you seen this? You bet, Jacob. There's some great stuff there. The Revcast with Rev and Miss Albright is so cool. They are the bomb. They invite people within the BCS community to help us make sense of the chaotic, crazy season that we're in. Jacob, have you seen the Jamcast? Oh yeah, that's my jam. Oh, actually, you and me, Reese, and the other students in the chapel leadership class get together to put it together every week for our elementary school students and their parents to have a virtual chapel experience. Yeah, and I don't know if you know, Jacob, but you can also find an awesome weekly devotion. I actually saw that this morning. It's posted every week, and this is something you can do on your own or with a friend or with the whole family. Yeah, and I hear there's even more stuff coming. So go check out the Spiritual Life resource page at bellychristian.org slash spiritual life. Welcome back to the RevCast, a weekly podcast where we discuss real-life issues trying to make sense of the chaotic crazy. I'm your host, The Rev, and we're here with the lovely Miss Amanda Albright. I want to introduce our second guest today, and we are thrilled to have with us the BCS Head of Schools, Mr. Kevin Dunning. Kevin has served at eight different schools across the U.S. and also in China. He sat in roles from teaching to coaching to head of schools, and his resume looks a little bit like a game of ping pong. Kevin's bounced all over from state to state, and he's been with us here at BCS for four years. And we are so thankful for Kevin and his leadership for us. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us and being with us today. Thanks. It's my pleasure, uh... I always like to joke with people that I can't hold a job, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> well, you you have been all over the place, and you have worked with Christian educators around the world. Maybe you can share with us how God has blessed you through being at BCS. Well, I think the first thing I would say is it was it's very evident to see the hand of God at work in the story that brought me to BCS. 
I was uh, left my job in Hong Kong in part because, well, not in part, because my wife um, had taken ill with cancer and we needed to come back to the United States in order for her to get the appropriate treatment. She passed away in February of 2015 and I was just kind of hanging out, uh, not doing much, uh, playing a lot of golf, uh, spending time with my family. And in the spring of uh, 2016, I think it was, um, maybe it was 2015, uh, I got a, a contact from um, someone who had been a colleague of mine in my very first teaching job in Portland, Oregon. And that individual was now a head of school in Bakersfield, California, and wanted me to apply to replace him. So I filled out all of the paperwork and sent my name in and interviewed and made it all the way to the final two when they selected um, actually someone that I knew very well. And it was a very good fit for Bakersfield Christian School. Um, but the search firm that was doing that was also doing the search firm, was the search firm for BCS. And um, they said, hey, would you consider putting your application in here? I did. And, um, and now four years later, here we are. Um, so, Kevin, we learned shortly after hiring you that one of your favorite Bible verses comes from Hebrews chapter 12. Um, verse 2 says that we look to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising his shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So I wanted to ask you how that verse shapes and informs the way that you think about your work at BCS. Well, I think the the metaphor that the author of Hebrews is using is this idea of a long distance race, that it's not a sprint. And what that means is you can't let the crisis of the day shape your attitude um, towards school in general. And uh, this idea that it is, in fact, a, a long distance race means that um, I, I'm in particularly charged with, it, with looking out for the long-term interests of the school. There's lots of times when you have uh, a choice, not just at school, but in other parts of your life, where you can look at something from a very short-term perspective and a long-term perspective. And the short-term perspective might be less painful, it might be uh, easier on you, um, but it's the long-term perspective that helps guide good decision-making. And I think that's um, probably how this influences me the most. Also, I'm really struck by the preceding verse, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Again, the writer in chapter 11 has just gone through a whole list of heroes of faith uh, from the Old Testament. And to understand that those people are there to testify that if you just run the race. You don't quit. You run the race. You're going to uh, really experience the true joy of being in heaven with Jesus. And I, I, I just think that that's so personally motivating uh, to me um, that it has guided a lot of what I do throughout my career. That's beautiful, Kevin. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, you said the crisis of the day. And I thought, what a, what a good way to say that. That's true leadership right there. You know that um, you're really just moving from one crisis to the next, day to day. So we're in a we're in a um, a crisis of sorts, right? Uh, so I wanted to ask you this morning: How does this experience, the COVID nineteen and the subsequent um, 
online distance learning, how is this experience highlighting perhaps a strength of BCS that was already there that we just get to see in a new light through this crisis? Well, I think if you look at the history of BCS, there are lots of times um, during those 70 years where things did not go the way we wanted them to go. And the people of God um, persevered. They kept their eye on the target. And we were able to overcome obstacles that were in our path. And what I think this place has is a unique sense of we're all in this together, guided by uh, Scripture and infused by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, that if we stick to what our mission is, um, that we're going to have a good result. And I think this deep attachment to the school's mission is probably as rich here as any of the places that I have served. Kevin, we know that you love the Church of Jesus Christ and you love educating young people. You've dedicated your life to both, all for furthering the kingdom of God. We want to give you a chance to dream a little bit. As you, as you dream about BCS and Christian education and the furthering of the kingdom, what do you, what do you dream about? There is a, a part of the BCS mission that really stands out to me, and it is the part that talks about transforming their world. Mm. And, and I think it's not transforming the world, it's transforming their world. And I think that particular choice of words was interesting. You know, wouldn't it be great one day if somebody who graduated from BCS cured cancer or uh, became president of the United States or set the NFL record for touchdowns in a season? I don't know. Those are all potentially very famous accomplishments. But what BCS aims for is for people to transform their world. And that may mean as small as a world of being a good dad or being a great mom. It might be as significant as winning people for Christ in your workplace, which isn't church-related. I've had it pretty easy. I've worked my entire adult life in a Christian community. But most of us don't. Most of us work in places that are very secular. And you have an opportunity to transform your world in that setting. And I guess my dream is less about numbers and buildings and those kinds of things. It's that we're truly helping these young people develop into people who are not only able, but willing to change the world that they live in. That's so good. I love that. I've never seen that part of the mission in that way, their world. And that, wow, what a dream. What a dream. Kevin, thank you so much for being with us. It's been really great to have you. Friends, thank you for joining us today on this week's RevCast. If you've enjoyed this episode, would you drop us a quick email with a comment or a question or ideas for upcoming episodes at RevCast at BellevueChristian.org? Ms. Amanda, wouldn't it be great to hear from our listeners? Yes, Rev, that'd be fabulous. I'd love to hear from any of our listeners through that email address, revcast at bellevuechristian.org. And Rev, I found out last week that we are now, the Revcast can be found on Spotify, on Google Play, and on iTunes. So we're spread out multiple platforms now for ease of listening for our folks. So go ahead and look us up. Does that mean that they can hit subscribe or like? 
I don't know if you can like, but I know that you, you can like download. Us? Yeah, so many options. So many options. Yeah. Okay, maybe we can get liked. That would be awesome. <laughs> I feel better when we get liked, you know? It makes you feel good. Oh, goodness. Oh, next week. What's up next week? Rev, next week we've got a couple of our graduating seniors coming on uh, to talk about their time at BCS and their hopes and their dreams for their future after BCS. Well, that'll be another great time. Friends, thanks for tuning in to the RevCast, and we'll see you back here next week where we'll discuss real-life issues and making sense of all the chaotic crazy. So until next time, the Lord bless you and keep you. Don't do anything we wouldn't do. Have clean hands and a clean heart. Remember how we love you. And, and Jesus, Jesus loves you. Love you. Even, Even more. more. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'm so kid. I'm so hip, hip. and cool, <laughs> you know. I can't even up. say it. I said hip. I'm hip okay. and cool. Um, I'm gonna go back to the beginning of that sentence. <laughs> you can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify. Is it? I don't know if it's iTunes. I think it's iTunes. I, right? It is iTunes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. The millennial has been corrected. Here we go. Um, <laughs>